Welcome to the American Advertising Federation of Orange County's podcast. This podcast is all about talking to different individuals in the advertising and marketing community. Today, we have a little bit of a special treat for you. As you can see, we are at Canvas Worldwide, and we are going to have a little bit of a panel discussion. Today's topic is all about the 3% movement. The 3% movement is about changing the conversation about diversity and creativity in the advertising and marketing community. First, we have our guest, Kat Gordon, who is the founder of the 3% movement. We also have Angela Cepeda, who is the vice president of business development at InOcean, and she's going to be talking about being involved with the 3% from an agency perspective. And our guest host today is Rachel Swoboda. Not only is she the American Advertising Federation of Orange County's president, but she's also a partner and senior VP at Gigasavvy, which is an advertising agency in Orange County. To learn more about our guests and to learn more about the 3% movement, I'm gonna pass it over to Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel Swoboda, and I am glad to be the guest host today of the American Advertising Federation in Orange County's podcast. Thank you, Rob, for letting me sit in today. And I want to introduce you guys to Angela Zapeta, the Senior Vice President of Business Development and in Ocean, and Kat Gordon, the founder of the 3% Movement. Thank you guys for Thank being you. here today. Okay. So we started the, um, this podcast earlier this, was it earlier this year, and I have to tell you, a lot of these podcasts don't happen the way this one is happening. And um, when we came in today to sit down for this, sat down on this couch and I'm having this weird flashback moment because when I was in high school, so I was born and raised in Orange County, went to modern day, and we had something called modern day television. It was called MDTV. And so every day we would go in in the morning, sit down on the couch and interview people and tell the news of the day, like what kind of events are happening. So this feels oddly familiar to, <laughs> to, to that ac actually wonderful moment in time where I used to do this. It was like practice for today. So anyways, we're going to kind of roll with it. And um, I'm going to ask you guys some questions. And then really, we can just chat. And you know, we all know each other. And we have a lot of shared values and beliefs and you know, interesting facts and inspiration, I think, to share with the community in Orange County and women everywhere about what's going on with you know, diversity and the leadership of the advertising industry. So, yeah, sounds right. good. With that in mind, um, do you guys want to kind of tell everybody just something, a little fun story about yourselves, just so people get to know you on a human level first before we talk about all of our great leadership and accomplishments? Sure. Okay, go ahead. Well, I too was uh, raised in Orange County, so, but I did not go to modern day. Um, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> But uh, maybe a fun fact for me is, um, and maybe some people do know this, but I love, I'm not a cook, but I love to mix drinks. And over the years, I have loved practicing how to make great drinks. And when everyone comes to my house, or even if there's a party, I'm the one who comes as really the bartender. So I love craft cocktails and all that. So a little fun fact there. So I'm, I'm not such a you know huge drinker. I'm more about but, the whole celebration okay, of it all. But fa favorite uh, handcrafted Oh, cocktail? well, I'm pretty basic. I do love just a good straight-up vodka martini, oh. a little dirty. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's if you can make a really good clean one, that, that's, a good, that's a good day. All right. Okay. okay. I am not a mixologist. <laughs> it's nice to have one in the house. And I actually, one of my earliest memories is of my grandfather telling my sister and myself never to let someone put... Um, an olive in your martini because it takes up too much room in the glass. That's a um, good tip. That says a little bit about my childhood. <laughs> I like um, it. Fun fact about me, I guess, 
Um, I love yard sales and <laughs> have since I was a little kid. I just love the hunt of most of it's crap, but then every once in a while you find something amazing. Like I found a Nolan Ryan signed baseball at a garage sale for a oh. dollar oh my for God. my son. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of like getting glimpses into people's lives yeah. through their stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's amazing. I, I love that. I want to like circle that whole back yeah. to what you do professionally. <laughs> like there's, you're always hunting for like that diamond in the rough. Totally. And trying to understand people, which yeah. is what advertising is. That's so. right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. What I know that your career in advertising started long ago, mm -hmm. but then you started the three percent conference back in two or three percent movement. Yeah, my mistake for the record. Uh, back in twenty twelve. Yeah. So just tell everybody who doesn't know who's a late adopter to the party. Yeah. You know why was it started? What's the mission? Where are we going? Yeah. So I started it because um, I was a creative director for my whole career and. You know, always notice that we're very few women doing that job. Yeah. Um, and the reason I started is because I was running my own agency at the time, and most of the clients that I was working with were trying to target women. So I did a lot of research about the buying power of women, and every single thing I read was that women are actually the superset, not the subset. Men are actually dwarfed in their spending and consumer influence by women. Um, Yet that's not the way we talk about things. We talk about women's accounts and girl teams and women are just so underrepresented. And so I started it because I was so hungry to have a conversation about why this was happening and no one else was doing it. So I thought, well, I'll do it. I'll host a conversation. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so what yeah, happened cool. first? I've always wanted to ask you. Like, what first was action to get this off the ground and running from like, I don't know, in my, in my mind, you were like at your cut, like, dining room table one night like having this conversation and it just like snowballed or I don't know like yeah what happened first you know I can't rem I cannot remember how I decided it would be a conference I guess I somehow knew there needed to be community built but the very first thing I did I was speaking at the 140 conference are you guys mm -hmm. familiar with that mm -hmm. conference mm -hmm. and no wait I don't know what it is well 140 is how many characters used to be in a tweet so oh, back in 2010 okay. so that's Eight years ago I was invited to speak you had to be invited and okay. I was talking about how women as consumers are more knowable through the real-time web and how you can really listen in to conversations and I was working on my presentation for it and literally the night before I delivered it I added one more slide to my deck and now and started a Twitter handle called the 3% conference and announced oh my God. as and you know because I was kind of had everyone nodding along about yeah. like wow this is amazing and and then I said so why are there so few women making the media to motivate this audience and I said so join me you know I just <laughs> I mean I just put it, it out there join me literally yeah. me and sometimes yeah. I would talk to people and say us and we and they'd be like oh who else and I'd be like actually it's just me yeah. uh, now luckily it's a big we um, yeah. our team has grown a lot but that that's kind of the genesis of it that, that is phenomenal and, and like that groundswell of support when you start asking people around you know, like when I started my own company, it was like, is this a good idea? And you kind of like unofficially start asking people. Sure. And you kind of by design ask some people that are going to be like your cheerleaders who are like your yep. mom. Yes. She's always going to tell you it's a great idea, right? right but then right. you ask the people that don't maybe like you all that much and they still <laughs> tell you it's a good idea. You're like, okay, I think yeah. I have something. Yeah. So um, that's awesome. Love it. And so I read somewhere they call you the triple threat. Oh. Okay. Talk to me about that. Um, just that, and this is actually something I really think more people should take pride in, is that when you don't neatly fit into one box, okay. that actually makes you more um, dangerous. 
So yes, I was a creative director for 20 years. I started my career in market research. So I'm a writer that understands data. That's very unusual. Um, I also um, am a mother. And so a lot of the clients that I serviced when my children were young were trying to talk to women about motherhood. And most people, most brands did it in a very heavy handed way. And it had to be done very carefully. So I just kind of you know, was this mom whisper writer <laughs> with a research background. Um, and I guess that's what makes me dangerous. I, I mean, I, I love it. And I, I love all of the talents together because mm-hmm. you, you see women um, looking for inspiration or looking to find someone who, oh, when I grow up, I want to be like that. Yeah. You know, and there wasn't a whole lot of that with the other generations of women who are up and coming. Yeah. And so now... Maybe dangerous is the wrong word or threat. It it sounds like maybe negative. I would love to find like a like a better, more motivational, well, it's aspirational. Fierce. It's fierce. Yeah. yeah. And I actually think that that is something women should want to be. I was listening to Shonda Rhimes recently be interviewed by Oprah Winfrey. Oh yeah. And she was talking about how she was trying to buy a Mother's Day card at the Hallmark store for her mom, and all the sentiments about moms were all about self sacrifice and how much you gave up to be my mom. And she's like, where are the cards that are about like you were badass. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And so, like, I actually am proud to be fierce or dangerous because the alternative is not to my liking. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, to that point, I drive a BMW. Mm-hmm. And I asked my <laughs> my seven-year-old daughter, because um, she was like, well, what, what does BMW stand for? And I said, well, what do you think it stands for? And she goes, bossy mom woman. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I said, yes. You that's said exactly that's it. That's right. exactly that's what it stands for. Oh, I love it. Yeah. 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 So um, I want to bounce around a little bit. Um, like, Angela, can we, you maybe start digging in a little bit to how sure. you got started as, as such a, a leader in the industry, too? Well, I didn't start as a leader. And maybe I'm still working on everything's a work in progress. But um, like I had said before, I am from Orange County. Um, which was a little bit of an unco- unconventional start. Um, I really wanted to go to New York from the very beginning. I actually wanted to be a fashion designer. I always had that in my sights. It just never came to fruition. And falling into advertising was really basically falling backwards into it because I loved art and fashion. Um, but I came from a very sensible family who said, that doesn't sound like that's such a sensible that's career. Not yeah. So, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a mix of art and commerce. And so it, it actually blended well. And, okay. um, you know, I started at the bottom like everyone else, you know, starting answering phones and started as an assistant AE, yeah. um, beginnings at Foucault and Belding down in Orange County. And then, you know, there was a merger of Bozell and Foucault at one point, which then got me up mm. to LA. Um, and I was, uh, just for the first time, I think, really immersed in that huge agency culture that I have continued to love. I have okay. worked at a smaller agency um, just for one part of my career since then, and it just wasn't a fit for me. I, I think I've become a little institutionalized through the years, but I grew up on the account side, started in automotive, and then just started getting picked to do new business and mm-hmm. um, ended up loving it. I loved the sort of the pace, the hunt, the coming up with a solution, going quickly through a creative product, and then just the feel of a team coming together. I just, you know, I, I unfortunately have not had children of my own, but it, it is a little bit like labor because it's so painful. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm never going to do one of these again. It's just so painful. Oh. And then you win one and you're yeah, like, oh, oh my God, this is the best so ever. Good. So it keeps you hooked. And so today that is what I do at an ocean. 
Um, I do business development, marketing for the agency, and so um, it's I feel just, like there's not you know, very many business development people out there. It's the far and few between. And I, I didn't really mean to pick it even for this point in my career, but I was at Campbell Evolved for almost 11 years, oh, and nice. I had a great run there. I ran the LA office, and that was a triple-pronged job. Mm-hmm. I ran the office. Um, I oversaw all the accounts. I tried to get off some of them a couple of times, but you know they <laughs> tend to pull you back. Okay. And and then I you know did business development, and the business development I thought always made us smarter for the clients we were always working on. Mm. And so and then the clients we were working on, we sounded so good in the pitches because we were obviously the people who were doing the work. And so I realized none of these really were inter- independent from each other. They all actually help feed off of each other. So I think the more that you get that experience and can play it back, I think always the better. So, okay. So as you're working with all of these different touch points and bringing them together, and so now you're at Inocean, mm-hmm. and you're sitting at the, you've got the seat at the table with I know a bunch of other strong women who yep. all come together there. Yeah. Talk about how you guys are now getting to steer the ship. Well, it is it is great. We do have a lot of senior women, and you know we have Hyundai as a main client. We have some parts of Kia. Um, our sister agency now, Dave and Goliath, does yeah. the brand creative, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. But we do a lot of the surround sound, and we're sitting here at Canvas Worldwide today, which is our sister agency for media, which is great. Um, and then we have Genesis, a new luxury brand that got launched, and every piece of that advertising for those three brands. Mm-hmm. I believe we have a woman who's running each one of those disciplines. Yeah. I, except for media, we have a combination of some men. So it is a very uncommon thing yeah. that at the senior vice president level, we've got these pretty tough women who are taking on pretty tough jobs to running these large car accounts. And I, I was so impressed by that when I walked into the agency. We do have men at the very most senior levels, the C-suite, but it is sort of the functioning part of the agency that's run by these pretty darn amazing women I have to say and so I've had the honor of working with some of them yeah. at Saatchi back in the day right. on the Toyota business yeah. and so I mean it's a powerhouse yeah you guys are amazing. they're they're pretty great and it is a lot of fun and there is a lot of um, I think we really have become to trust each other to learn from each other mm-hmm. and to say look we've got to all support each other to help make us each better but it, it just sort of happened intuitively at a notion mm-hmm. um, I don't think it always happens that way with people mm-hmm. but because we're so many senior women I think we all recognize that it was a very unique thing and we all champion each other and okay. it's been really great. so talk about one of the programs I know last year mm-hmm. you guys launched influence Influence. yeah that's so, our women's program yes and you're spelling it with two ends yes so, Tie in with an ocean. We're so clever. Yeah. <laughs> so clever. But I want to talk about what is what is the movement happening there? Yeah. Um, and how can other agencies kind of be inspired sure. by that? And then I, I would love for you to then transition into what's happening with the three percent movement too. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we loved working with each other. We do. We all recognize we had all these senior women, and um, when I came in, I, instantly they all became friends, which that doesn't always happen in agencies. So it was really nice. And it was our CEO, Steve June, who mm-hmm. um, was inspired because Hyundai had launched a women's group. And he thought, you know, we have all these senior women. Mm-hmm. So he came to me. I'm still not really sure why. Um, but I had <laughs> oh. been kind of marketing to women, too, when I was at Campbell Ewald previously. And I, I was a huge champion for that. And he said, Angela, I want you to start a women's group here at the agency and, you know, gather mm-hmm. our senior ladies and, you know, 
he gave us some rough guidelines of what that could look like. And mm -hmm. so I did. I, I gathered the women together and said, you know, Steve really would like us to figure out what this is and what this looks like and what would we do. And and they said, well, what do, you, what do you think Steve wants? And I said, well, you know, he kind of mentioned, like, we could share what it's like to be a woman in advertising. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get some wine in and we'll, you know. And they're like, no, that's, we do that anyway. And everyone sort of came together that said, no, we actually want to make a difference. We want to be inspired by what's happening on the outside. But at the same time, we, we are this agency that's got these three huge car accounts. We do have a connection to Korea, mm -hmm. obviously, because we're owned by a Korean company. And it makes us feel very closed at times. And we're sitting down in Huntington Beach and everyone said, no, this is a chance for us to say, we've got all these awesome women here. Let's actually make a stance. Let's have a notion break through what is pretty unexpected. And so we just started thinking about what that looked like. And we thought about bringing in speakers and, and doing events outside of the office. And going through the 3% audit was very first on our list. We, I have to say, and I have that list just to prove that it was one of the things. <laughs> but what we wanted out of it was... We felt like having outside perspective would be really great for an agency like ours. As awesome as it is, we knew that there were things that were maybe industry standard that maybe we just weren't up to speed on. And so we really wanted to do the audit from the very beginning. And so we feel very lucky that we just, it took about a year to get to this place, but we're just starting the audit process so right now. So can you tell everybody who doesn't know, what is the 3% audit and how does that work as the first step? Yeah, um, we actually try not to use that word because it sounds so oh. punitive. Oh. Like oh, the yeah. IRS is called, it's called 3% certification. Certification, yeah. that is the word, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, and we started it for the exact reasons that you mentioned um, in all of, so I've been doing this now for seven years and so many agencies bring us in and they would say things to us like, how are we doing? We have no idea how we're doing. Who mm -hmm. else is doing what? Like, what should we be aspiring for? Mm -hmm. And we realized there was really no way for agencies to measure best practices, especially around diversity and inclusion. So mm -hmm. we did a benchmarking study of 31 agencies that voluntarily participated, all different sizes. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, it's okay. called Where We Stand, is the yeah. research we, we published, but it was to show where the watermarks are. Things about like women in leadership, um, within the creative department specifically, mm -hmm. how women are faring, programs and policies, whether or not you have a women's group, whether or not you have a support group for creatives of color and LGBTQ employees. And mm -hmm. so, um, and then we figured out what leadership would look like based on that and started assessing agencies that wanted to go through the process. And I always say it's a deeply diagnostic experience because the we also survey all your employees. We have a mm -hmm. custom survey we've made. So there's a lot of discovery in the process um, of going through it. And some agencies do it because they know they're going to fail and they want to know where to <laughs> best apply their attention. So And once, and now, you know, it's like, imagine you're, you're sick and you go to the doctor's office, right? And you're like, okay, I have, I have a cough and a scratchy throat, right? And you're gonna tell them what the symptoms are and they're gonna diagnose you. And great, you have a cold, mm -hmm. okay, great. Um, so when you go in and you say, okay, this is what the facts are, mm -hmm. do you also then write the prescription of like, okay, this is what you're gonna do to get better? Do you give them the... Not only do we do that, okay. but they beg for it. Okay. Like, it's clear that that's what they're looking for and it's amazing, I mean, I remember, there were moments sitting with the 3% team where I said, 
what an awesome responsibility and privilege to be able to tell them the way through. Yeah. Um, so we do. We tell them this is what we think your family leave should look like, and this is what we think your next step should be, and um, and they do it. How many companies have gone through it so far? Um, we actually don't disclose how many because we never want those who have failed. It's completely okay. confidential. Two have passed. A third is about to be an. Actually, a third and a fourth are about to be announced oh, that have great. passed. So that's exciting. Um, but it took. I will say, it took a long time when we first announced it. Mm-hmm. Tons of interest. Ad Week wrote about it mm-hmm. the day we announced yep. it at our yeah. conference, and then radio silence because all the lawyers were afraid of. Wow, what what if we open that box and what do you we know? find? Yeah, exactly. And that and that a third party is going to be bear witness. Okay, it kind of gives me goosebumps yeah. to feel like there there will be that like third party credibility. But it finally, yeah. you know, finally some brave agency stepped forward, yeah. and now it's kind of our hope is that it will become the de facto yeah. measurement for leadership around these issues in the agency world. And brands are asking for this, yeah. so clients yeah. are saying. We want to know who's 3% certified Correct. because mm-hmm. we're shortlisting agencies That's for right. a pitch. Oh, I like and that. we're like, great, here you go. It's yes. a business development tool. Totally. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's it's and a recruitment and tool. Yeah. Retention yes. tool. Yeah. Um, it's all of that. Wow. Yeah. This is such an exciting time for advertising. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they say things like, oh, the next five years, it, you know, the industry is going to change more than it has in the last 20. Hmm. And they're talking about tech. They're talking about data. But, I mean, we're talking about culture. What's culture. And yeah. that is and that's such yeah. an important part of what we do. Yeah, absolutely. And we're driving, you know, consumerism for the whole nation and beyond. So yeah. this is really exciting. Um, okay, so um, have you noticed, and I think I've, probably can guess the answer, but the, um, over, over the last few years since you've been doing this, the mm-hmm. change that you've seen, mm-hmm. um, like, is it, is it really obvious or is it slow? You know, like, what are you, what have you noticed that probably wouldn't have happened if you hadn't started this? Yeah. Um, it's actually so much more pronounced and faster than even I could have hoped it okay. would be. So even things like, sometimes I have to remind people about what used to happen just a few years ago. Yes. Um, mostly all-male juries for creative awards. <laughs> um, Super Bowl ads that were incredibly misogynistic or stereotypical of both men and women yeah. changed. I mean, both those things, dramatic change in a very short period of time. Uh, and then just the women in leadership. I mean, when we did our benchmarking study, and again, these 31 agencies that participated are somehow in our orbit, so they're probably the more <laughs> progressive agencies, but. female creative directors instead of 3% where it was where we started. Wait, you're twerped? We are up to 29%? 29% female creative directors. That's That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm incredibly hopeful. And, you know, sometimes when you start to, when you give vocabulary and community to something that the world is poised to um, kind of embrace, Mm -hmm. it can happen very, very fast. And that's how it feels. We were ready. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and and an ocean, you guys are ready for the next. We're completely step. ready. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we and we do want that outside consultative, um, you know, expertise that'll show us exactly what shows where we're deficient, show us where we might be doing well. But we know that we have areas that we can improve upon, and we really want to do it right. Right. And um, I think that's another big thing too is that you know we really are advertising and marketing experts day to day. Of course, we have our HR experts, but as a whole, it's not something that we have such a, a glimpse into or such an innate nature to. It is taking new vocabulary and a new sense of 
I think, sensibilities for everyone to say these are the things we should be doing. So we really felt like an outside perspective was the next first step. And so there's just a ton of enthusiasm about going through the certification process and bringing that into an ocean. So it's yeah, I mean, great. And an ocean, I mean, being down in Orange County is a really big deal. And you guys, yeah. through the American Advertising Federation, have really championed every initiative that we've put forward. I mean, whether it was the Ad Ties Mentoring Program with yeah. the students, or it was being involved in the Addy Awards, or you know, doing video to promote um, Orange County as a destination market for yeah. creativity. So you guys continue to really set a great Thanks. example for the region. Yeah. And um, I'm hopeful that other agencies down in Orange County will make that first step and will call you. And because you have been so, by the way, I have to compliment you. You've been so, like, just um, generous with your with your time. Hi. You know, like every time I feel like I reach out to you with something, you know, like you're there, and no, it's it's really supportive. And I feel like if I feel that way. Everybody probably oh, feels that way. Thank you. So it's yeah. really nice. And now you're here in town today, which is very special because tomorrow is um, the mini conference in LA. Yeah. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that, what it's going on here tomorrow? Just so I know this is not going to come out tomorrow, the video. It's going to take a little while, but not everyone will be there. It's, we're sold, we're, it's sold out. I mean, yeah. we're going to be there, but yeah. tell yeah. everybody what's about yeah. the conference. Yeah, so we do one traveling event a year in addition to our big, huge mm -hmm. fall conference. And we try to pick a market that we can go deep on a sub-theme around. So last year we were in Detroit, and we talked about automotive advertising. Perfect. So we picked Playa Vista because we really saw that there's a tech community yeah. here. Now, I live in Silicon Valley, <laughs> and so it, it's on my radar as like, wow, this is an area that's really driving a lot of innovation. Mm -hmm. And I had been watching for probably like the last four or five years um, a true belief in my own um, mind that the way to eradicate bias will be driven by tech. Because oh. the way we think and the way our brains work, if you know anything about bias, it's very difficult to manage bias out of your behavior. It's much easier to manage it out of processes and programs. So tech oh. is leading the way. And so we have a conversation tomorrow, one day conference at Deutsch, about um, where all sorts of different technologies, you know, A1 and uh, AI and um, VR and yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been typing it, and so it might be But just all the different ways, like VR is a great example of something that's driving empathy. And empathy yes. is a huge way to get people to see the world through someone else's eyes. And so VR is a great um, tool for that. And so we're going to be talking about how tech is driving change around diversity. And oh, like you said, it's the largest traveling event we've ever had with mm -hmm. completely full 420 people. So there's a lot of interest and appetite oh, yeah. for this conversation. Yeah. A couple of years ago... Um, I was at the event in New York, yep. and I met a woman um, that who started the Girls' Lounge. Oh, Shelly yeah. Zalis. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And then I have seen the Girls' Lounge, um, and for those people out there who don't know what it is, I'm just going to give a little like plug for them, yeah, because yeah. I think they're amazing. <laughs> they are amazing. Um, they travel to all these different events, like South by Southwest, or Cannes Film yep. Festival, or um, you know, CES. CES, CES yeah. And they'll find like an amazing penthouse or somewhere fantastic yeah. to set up, and then they... The first thing that struck me was, come to the girls' lounge. There's this big sign, and I was like, well, I wasn't invited. Well, I'm just going to go to the penthouse. So what are they, what's the worst thing that right. happened? They'll kick me out. So I walk in, there's this beautiful candy bar, and it's like men, a dollar, women, 73 cents. Yeah. And I was oh, like, okay, yeah. wait, this is really clever. And then there was drinks and food and get your hair done and your makeup done. And so a couple years ago, I started trying to do those at the office. 
like our own little example of the girls lounge yeah like just to bring like a little bit of that piece of what i learned home to orange county um are they going to be there tomorrow is that still happening Have you, well what's it's going funny on with you mentioned because shelly was the inspiration behind um, a chat bot about gender equality that's oh. going to be presented I, i'm not sure if she's coming because i think she was going to be out of town because she's local to this area oh, okay but she and i have um you know met many times and yeah um we don't need a girls' lounge at three percent. We need a guys' lounge. I'm always like, I need you to buy, you know, a bourbon and yeah, cigar exactly. and get the guys to come. So I'm a big fan though because she especially went into conferences that were very, very heavily male, mm -hmm. yeah. where women did not feel included, and she created this kind of safe space for women to do mm -hmm. business. And I've been to that, you know, especially in Cannes. It's that yeah. dramatic setting, and yeah. I've met so many amazing women there. And she's a very generous person, Shelley. Yeah. That was, yeah, I don't know. I it's good. hadn't really it's planned great, on yeah. giving her a plug, but it just yeah, sort of no, she's went there. Deserves it. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Um, let's see. Um, who should go to the three percent conference? By the way, like you just said, that thing about like men. men. So yeah, you know, every year before the big conference, I always put out the same evergreen tweet. <laughs> every year, I just cut and paste it from the previous year, and it gets retweeted a ton. And what it says is, agencies that send their women to three percent conference get it agencies that send their men really get it yeah. and so I always say it is not a women's conference it is a business conference yeah. about the value of having everyone operating at their full potential and it is so gratifying to see the men that do come and participate that speak that sponsor that attend um, they are among the most um, awake and vibrating and generous wow. souls at the end of the two days very eager to get involved and to bring other men into the crusade. So, so yes, anyone in a way, you know, we our message, our tagline, creativity equals diversity equal diversity equals creativity equals profitability. And creativity is just another way of saying innovation. And there's not a company in America that doesn't have innovation at its core. So even though our, you know, stories about advertising agencies, any company that's trying to unlock people's creative genius should be at the 3% conference everybody yeah right. yeah I think adding the men is a really important element we just had a, a speaker come into the agency Sarah Hirschfordo um, she started the production company women rising mm -hmm. and she's she's quite fierce um, she <laughs> has a go. really interesting background and we didn't have as many guys come to that speaking event but one of the guys who came he has been to every one of our influence events that we've had at the agency and he came up to me afterward and he said, oh, I really loved what she said. Uh -huh. And he says, I, I come to these, he goes, I know I was like one of the three guys, he says, but I have a daughter and yeah. I'm, I wanna make sure that the world that she goes into, into college and then as a professional, is the one that you guys are wanting to happen today. And I want her to have that. And he says, so I wanna be part of that conversation. And he said, I didn't get it before. I do get it now as a father and he says I want all the men to feel like I do and say you got to be part of this conversation because we're all in this together so he's like can I send an email out I said yeah, yeah so he good. sent out this great email and so we got a lot of the guys saying you know we'd love to make sure you know you really tell us that it's for everyone and mm -hmm. there's a little bit of you know they think it's just for the women but it's not it really is for everyone we're trying to make that feel like it's an it's a conversation we all should be having right. yeah it's nice it's good let's see um I'm, I'm glad that you said that yeah I thanks men. I'll be curious to see how many men are there tomorrow I think there's, there's gonna, gonna be a lot, be a lot of men. yeah I heard there's a lot
Good. Yeah. All right. People I know. Um, let's see. Um, I'm starting to sort of wrap up, but I want to. I want to. <laughs> I want to pull this up just for a second. Um, can, can we see it? <laughs> so, um, Kat, you guys put this book together. I think it was really powerful and moving. Um, and I'm just going to flip through it. There's different stories and quotes and inspiration and women and men and people that have contributed to this. And it led me to ask you, are, are you going to write a book someday? Is this all going to turn into like a... Have you? First of all, I want to say that Jack Morton made that book for us. So oh, shout out to the amazing people. Job. Yeah. And all it was right. their idea. And, it's gorgeous. and Bruce Henderson's team did a great job on that. Um, you know, I get asked that a lot about, am I going to write a book one day? And a lot of my friends, including my business partner, Lisa Stromberg, have written books. And I've supported them and read their books and gone to their mm -hmm. talks. And uh, nothing about it appeals to me. It looks... Really? No. I just... I feel like um, the platform I have and the way I get my ideas out is very gratifying and I, maybe it's because I'm a copywriter and I'm trained in short, <laughs> you know, snackable size. Like the thought of trying to sustain someone's interest for, for 300 pages is just unthinkable to me. So no. <laughs> however, however, I will say this. I wrote a children's book that has not oh. been published that I am seeking to get published. And I wrote it oh, um, cool. probably about eight years ago about my two sons who refuse to wear pants. They only wear shorts, <laughs> no matter how cold it is out, which... I love that. My son is the same, same way. <laughs> it's, a, it's a phenomenon, and yes. no one talks about it. So I wrote this very silly book called Pants Schmantz, The Boys Who Only Wear Shorts. <laughs> and it's fully done, and I want to get it published. So oh, okay. there you have it. I'm putting it out into the universe. That's right. I, I'm sure it will come. Another tidbit we didn't know about yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. A fun fact. Yeah. I love it. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, there's a kids' book series right now that I'm reading the my daughter, um, Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. Have you oh, heard about this? No, but mm -hmm. what a great title. Oh my god. You, I'm going to send you both copies. Okay. okay. So they have taken all of these real world stories. Uh, you've got like Joan of Arc, you have Hillary Clinton, you have Beyonce, Madonna, like all of these different women. And there's an illustration, like a cartoon yeah. illustration, and then a one page snippet, like once upon a time, Eleanor Roosevelt, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it does, it, like, not thumbs it down, but it makes it kid-friendly. Just very yeah. and simplifies the My story. daughter yeah. loves them. Yeah. We read them That's every great. night. And I'm like, this is the kind of stuff that I wish I had been able to have been read yeah. as a child. Rather you should than, read it to your son, too. Yeah. Would he... Yes. Right now we're in like a trucks and dinosaur. Oh, is he little? So he's he's fine. He, he's fine. Oh, just okay. trying. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I've been yeah. there. I've been in the trucks and dinosaurs. Yeah. So once I can <laughs> Do hold you go to construction attention. sites and just sit there and watch. Oh my God. Good night. Good night. Construction site. Yes. I, every night. <laughs> I used to know the name of every single like backhoe and. Yeah. So eventually, yes, That's we'll cool. evolve that. That's but. awesome for now. Anyways, yeah. okay, is there anything we didn't talk about that you guys were wanting to share? Because I don't want to miss anything. Uh, I know we've bounced around a little, but... I, I mean, one thing that I'm very, very uh, concerned about and eager to make a contribution around is creatives of color. Okay. And, you know, when we talk about how hard it is for women, it is um, really difficult yeah. for people of color in our industry to break in, to stay in, to be recognized as leaders. I saw some research that Soledad O'Brien tweeted this uh, week about the wage gap uh, between black yes. families and white families that was shocking. I mean, um, shock. Everyone needs to read that report. Um, and I just always feel I want to say, like, that's not a secondary issue we'll handle later. Like, it's an all or nothing thing. We all rise 
I just believe it. So, um, you know, 3% has been organizing these listening tours in different cities and bringing together creators of color and just trying to figure out where to apply our muscle to best be of service to this issue. But it's bad and it's indefensible and it has to get solved. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I I had the pleasure of working with Jimmy Smith at an amusement park for a couple years. And um, yeah, like they think... There's, um, he is so amazingly talented, right? And um, but there's not a lot of no. of of Jimmy Smiths out there. Right. There's, there's, not, there's not enough. So right. yeah, it makes yeah, perfect sense. That, that's a good call. Is because we have that. That's an issue we grapple with mm-hmm. at an ocean. Um, yeah. Not only is it maybe a misbalance of female creatives, but we have even a, a smaller amount of diversity that's actually represented, and it it, it could and should be so much more inclusive. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah a lot of work call. to do. You know, um, I met Gloria Steinem a couple years ago, and I mean, she's still as sassy in her 80s mm-hmm. as she ever was. Um, but when I was growing up, I sort of thought that the women's movement had passed or, you know, it was over. And she really instilled in me, like, no, no, that, that path needs to be forged all the time. Yeah. And we're working on it, not only with women, but with, you know, all types of diversity. So. Yeah. I'm glad to still be a part of this movement, and it didn't. I didn't miss it, you know. And we're we're still making strides every day. So. Yeah, for me, I think because uh, I've been in this business for quite some time now, and um, I I don't know. I, I think this is one of the questions we have even even considered. You know, are women of our of sort of my generation? Do we have a different response to what's happening than the younger women? Um, and I think maybe that there is a generational gap. I mean, I came at the tail end of the women's movement. It's sort of like lagged on and we're, so we're still in it. It is sort of sad. We're still sort of in it, but I feel like this time we're, we have hope to get it right. So I think that's where I think the younger women that were around, I mean, they have so much passion to really correct it this time, not just have the conversation. I think that's where we were as women at an ocean that I just don't want to have the conversation. Can we just make a difference this time and I think that is exciting for someone at my age who sort of grew up in this industry and always loved it and accepted a lot of things as maybe it's just they were Mm -hmm. and now it's been reignited to say actually we can just be so much better Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of a a really interesting point in time to be in now so I'm I'm thrilled to see where things are going to go. I think I'm I'm very hopeful. We're gonna have to circle back in like a year and see see where an ocean is at. (laughs) Yeah. Knock on all things that you know, we have good reports that, you know, we we came through came through it and just so much better for it. So thanks to the efforts Kat and her team are doing, we're just thrilled. So well thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah. I think we're podcast we're out of we're out of time. We're not out of how do you end one of these?